Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host. Today we've got lots of great information in this episode, so if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, you'll find all the links in the show notes, or better still, why not subscribe to the Saturday Strategy Weekly Email News Update. Now during lockdown, many of us as business owners are reflecting on how our business works and how it works online particularly, and uh, we're taking a good hard look at our website, our LinkedIn profile, our Twitter presence, our Facebook presence, our, our, our uh, um, Instagram presence, where, wherever we are online, we're taking a good look at it. And also our email marketing and how we communicate with our customers. So today we're going to take a look at our website in particular and think about what we need to do as a piece of housekeeping to take a good hard look at the homepage and what a good homepage would look like and what we want our customers to do when they get there. So we've got a great guest who's uh, very experienced in this area and he's going to walk us through this step by step. So today we're joined by Robert Elding who's got a uh, an extensive career in digital marketing as, as many of us do but he really has walked the walk um, having set up his own central London agency dealing with and servicing blue chip clients like the post office and other significant names. Um, he also spent some time working, uh, well not working, heading up the um, the Times digital online offer during that period. He had a five million pound a year digital budget. You'd, you'd have to go a long way to find a five million pounds a year digital budget now, I'm sure. And he's since then really been running his own company. I've come across Robert through the uh, um, uh, through the CI. CIM, the Chartered Institute of Marketing, uh, who, of which we're both members, and he's run some really interesting webinars just recently, and we started up a conversation, and I really wanted to pick his brains because Robert talks a lot about homepages, and I think right now, a lot of us are taking a good hard look at our website and our presence and, and seeing how we are representing ourselves online because, we're, um, because we've got time, and we've got time to think about these things, and we've got to and a lot of us are thinking about new messages and new ways of communicating. Robert, welcome to Saturday Strategy. Thank you very much, and um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me today. Robert, the I think you heard me talking to the subject just there, and what the challenge is about home pages. I suppose it would extend to landing pages as well. And um, where do we start to even sort of think about even working out what the what the challenges are? Do you want to just maybe reverse up to a point where you think is right and talk us into that? Yeah, I think I keep, it's one of the things that I keep harping on about is, is conversations. And I think a, a lot of the things as marketers, as um, business owners, as people who um, have a website, one thing that a lot of people forget about is, is about starting a conversation. And, and what we're trying to do as marketers, as, as business owners, is we're trying to start a conversation with the end customer. So uh, I liken it to walking in the bar into a bar, and when you when you kind of walk into a bar for the first time, you maybe um, uh, you, you maybe look over that crowded bar and see someone at the other side of the room, uh, and your eyes meet, and um, you know it's the most beautiful man or woman that you've ever seen in your life, and uh, the first thing that you actually do is you go over and uh, 
you offer to buy them a drink, don't you? Because you want to start a conversation. And I think whenever we're selling digital products or services or we're trying to sell our wares online, people forget that we're trying to start this conversation. And um, ultimately, you know, a, a big mistake that a lot of people make is that they try and go for a marriage proposal straight away rather than, um, you know, finessing into a marketing conversation or a, a conversation which which means that people might uh, want to buy something from us. And th this is very, very similar with, with home pages. So, uh, for example, there are a number of key things that you you need to be able to get over uh, to your end customers when you have a homepage. And, uh, you know, it follows this same principle of, uh, you know, starting a conversation. There's, okay. there's a funny thing when people do uh, arrive at a, at a homepage or a, a landing page, there's, there's, a, there's something called uh, Moo, and that, that's called, uh, that stands for moment of orientation. And what happens when someone actually arrives at a landing page is that they, they have a load of questions that you need to eliminate uh, as that end user. And those questions are probably things like, where am I? Uh, where should I begin? Where, where did they put this? Where did they put that? What are the most important things on the page? Uh, why did they call it that? Is, is there jargon there? Um, mm. You know, all, all of these types of things that uh, you need to be able to answer. And, you know, ultimately, this idea of moo or moment of orientation, really, you've only got about five seconds when people arrive at a landing page, at a home page. And you need to be able to remove these questions that this end customer's got. And the reason for that is that these questions if there's too many of them they they create something called cognitive load and this cognitive load is where your brain kind of gets into this this loop of misunderstanding and mm. if that goes on too long people just go oh right oh fuck it i'm just going now sorry am i mm. allowed to swear no but, but um, we'll, we'll let that we'll let that one slide so can i okay. just ask a, <laughs> a, a clarification question i mean i i i I think perhaps um, with the Saga website is is one I always sort of use as a, as an example of trying to involve people into a into a into a website. But I think I like not that it not that I'm on the Saga target market at all. But the um, but the Saga um, website, as soon as you land there, there's always a person of the right age, of the right sort of demographic profile for that ideal customer right there on the page. And would that be a sort of a, a way of that's 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 orientation isn't it as soon as you get there you see somebody like you who's a that would be yeah, appealing absolutely and that it comes it all comes down to um this idea of understanding who your your end customer is doesn't it and you know when you're thinking about marketing you you go down the route of segmentation targeting and positioning and with um you know with with this with a website and, and the saga example uh, there's a really good website as well if you want to have a look at um legal in general and i'm not just saying that because i used to work for them but I, it's a it's a really good example that i've seen recently of a, of a website that uses that same idea so you know um it's when we when we've got a, a website uh, a landing page we're trying to ultimately sell the dream so it's 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 thinking about that after state that that end customer might have so when they come to your landing page, it's not about 
you know, uh, this thing, it's understanding what that pain point is. What's the pain point that your users have? And how is it that your product or service, you know, resolves that pain that they've got on that immediate niggle? And can you, can you be the paracetamol for their pain? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I always think about it like that is I always think, well, if I was a, if I was this type of customer, I've done my customer research and I've segmented my, uh, my customer base and I know a little bit about them. What I always want to understand before I even think about designing a landing page or a homepage or whatever it might be, is I want to understand the, the pains, the uh, attitudes, motivations, behaviors. What is it that makes that customer tick? And then you want to be able to translate all of that information into your page. So what is it, you know, what of the pain points they've got? What is it that, um, what's that kind of future state, that, that idea that you're trying to sell to someone to, uh, you know, to, to resolve that particular pain? The, the, reason, the reason that um, the, the LNG example is, is a good example is that if you, if you have a look at that, that particular page, um, uh, what, what they have on there is they have a picture of a, of a man and his, his son and it's uh, the the strap line is something like, um, you know, don't save for save for now, save for rainy days, or something like that. And it's it's mm. kind of, you know, um, nothing about insurance. Yeah, it's nothing about insurance, and that and that's mm. why it's a really good example. So they've really yeah. got under the skin of those users, and yeah. um, you know, understood them. So that's really that's that's the the most important point to start with with any any yeah. design or any landing just, pages. Just, just building on that and asking a question what happens if your if your product or your service isn't really associated with um with a, with a pain point for instance if it's a luxury item where it's an indulgence perhaps you know how do you is, is that the same principle you've got to you've got to understand their their if you like their pleasure receptors instead of instead of their pain receptors is that the same yeah. same principle yeah so I, I think the um that's an interesting question with Luxury products, there's, there's still a, an underlying motivation uh, behind it all. So with luxury products, maybe it's a, you know, the, the, the underlying driver is really all about, um, you know, credibility or, or kudos or um, showing off. Uh, you mm. know, maybe that's the, the underlying driver. Maybe it's uh, they want to feel like they've made it in yeah. life. So, you know, uh, maybe that's why you buy a, a sports car. Either you're, maybe you're having your midlife crisis, or you maybe you want to think like uh, you want people to know that you've made it. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind a sports car. I don't think I've got a midlife crisis, but um, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a big it's a big thing, isn't it? So when people, one of the first things that tends to happen when people make a lot of money uh, and they're, they're kind of new money, they tend to go off and, and buy a flashy car, and and then realise quite shortly after that actually. Uh, they've wasted quite a lot of money on this flashy car and it didn't really mean a great deal. Um, and um, they're slightly embarrassed that they've been gone out and bought it now. And that's often what happens. Um, yeah. But but the underlying driver, I think, is really all about, you know, uh, arrival, isn't it? It's, it's I've arrived. I want people to know that I've arrived at this. I'm in this this new bracket of uh, yeah. of wealth and I want people to know that I've arrived. I've got a friend who bought a Maserati in in, in rural Shropshire. He said yeah. he was so embarrassed at he was so embarrassed to drive. He had it for three years, and he put less than two thousand miles a year on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's just, the thing, isn't it? Because ashamed. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's, um, uh, you know, 
especially in in kind of rural communities you've got uh, quite a lot of people often with with country piles and, and plenty of money and they, they drive around in a, in, a, in a 1979 Datsun Sunny or something you know it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, they're, they're just not bothered by that they're kind of um, they're, they're kind of more you know it's just not an issue it's just never no. entered their mind that they should buy a flashy car so yeah okay great so how do we so we, so we we've got to think about the customer and the emotional shift that we're trying to get in them whether that's feelings satisfying prestige or, or 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 removing pain i think decoding what you're saying there it, what, what do we do once we've kind of worked that bit of the puzzle out what so we when we it? understand the customers we want to uh, the next stage in the process that i always think about is i always want to understand what i call jobs to be done or the epics or the or the user stories so if i'm a if i'm coming to your your website to buy your your products or services uh, and if you want to if you can get into the mind of your end consumer then what i tend to think to myself is okay if i'm if I'm a, a you know consumer Johnny, for example, what I want to do when I arrive at your uh, your widget uh, website is I'm going to want to do uh, thing one, and that could be that that is a job that that needs to be done, or it's um, it's a user story. So if I if I was going to uh, John Lewis's website, for example, I might say, well, um, I'm coming to John Lewis's website, um, and I'm likely to um, be one of these three types of customers. I'm likely to want to go and uh, go and buy a bed, or maybe I'm going to go and do X, Y, and Z. But you you need to understand the the likely things, or the most likely user journeys, or the most likely jobs to be done, if you like, um, for your particular website or landing page. Because the other thing that people often get wrong is they try and design a a landing page or a, or a website for more than two or three people and if you try and do that then the messages that you have on your page um, become blurred and um, you know it, it means that when people are arriving they, they they have this cognitive load that I talked about again uh, earlier and uh, it creates confusion that they're likely to leave so you, you need to understand who your most important uh, persona is or, or avatar or whatever you want to call it the user and then you need to design that journey and the experience around what the most likely reasons why or those user stories or whatever you want to call them jobs to be done you need to understand a list of those things that people will need to complete when they arrive at your website maybe it's you know make an inquiry maybe it's um you know uh, have a phone call with you whatever it might be yeah. and you need to make that journey uh, the first stage of that journey um, you know, very easy to do, um, and and I kind of alluded in terms of uh, in terms of the next step. What I would then do is I would think about these key tasks, um, listing them out in in a load of bullets. So that you know, there's maybe five or six things that they might want to do when they arrive there. And then what I try and do is I I think about the next step of the process, and then the next step of the process. And what you're trying to do then is you want to link. You want to rank those uh, those tasks, if you like, the, the key tasks in terms of importance, and you want to then link them all together uh, with a, with the next step of the process and that next most important action. And then what you're creating is you're creating a, an end-to-end -end user journey, and then you can design your website or your product or 
your experience around that end-to-end -end user journey. And that's a, a big mistake that most people do. The biggest mistake is they don't do any customer research. And you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've dealt with loads and loads and loads of companies who you wouldn't believe didn't have any, uh, wouldn't have any uh, customer research at all. But we're talking big blue chip companies have no customer research often. They don't know anything about their customers and they're designing big, fancy, expensive websites without knowing anything about the customers. So the first thing I always say is, you know, let's, let's go and do some customer research. Let's speak to some people so we understand what it is that we're, we're building. So if you understand that, then all of this stuff, uh, you know, falls out at the bottom of good customer research. If you go and speak to some of your customers, give them a call, mm -hmm. understand why they, why they bought that product or service from you, understand, uh, you know, about their motivations and, you know what what is it that makes them tick ultimately that that sort of end uh, end and reason for being that could feel a bit clunky for some people i think um robert the what about if you're i mean are you suggesting here that somebody rings up their customers and says hi george just wondering why you bought from me um that that would be i know the answer is no to that by the way because that would be a bit unsophisticated so how do we frame those questions or how do we practically um, reach out to a couple of customers to do it. I presume we speak to our best customers rather than our worst, don't we? So that's that's yeah, probably absolutely. What so what I that? would, yeah, what I would do is I'd um, I'd um, uh, yeah, always find people that you um, that you've got a relationship with. And what I would start to do is I'd just say, look, um, I'm trying to understand a little bit more about um, about why some of my best customers buy. Could we? Um, would you be free to have a, a, a 20 minute conversation really informally just just so I can understand a little bit more about about you and what you do and and all the rest of it and I've got a bit of a questionnaire here um I'm more than you know ideally if you can do it face to face with someone it's always better because um you know the barriers come down and mm -hmm. you you can have a you know a, a more sensible conversation face to face with someone yeah. the second option is to do it to do um you know zoom call or a webinar call because you can see the person, they can see you talking about. Prepare a list of questions before you speak to them. So get a get a list of. Um, I, I call it a discussion guide. So w whenever I'm doing any any user research or, or customer research, what I, I tend to do is I tend to have a list of questions that you're most interested in finding out about. Turn it mm -hmm. into a, a kind of a more fluid discussion guide, and um, ask all of your your customers or your your users that you want to do some research with the same questions each time. So keep it to about 10 questions, keep the conversation to about sort of 20 to 30 minutes, no more than that, because people will switch off. Um, and you might want to also incentivize them. You might want to offer them something in exchange for their time, because mm. whenever, whenever I do customer research, they, you know, the, the people that come into the, uh, into the research labs or whatever would get paid maybe a hundred quid. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's amazing what people will do for a hundred quid. So if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got, if you want to ask someone a few questions, you say, look, you know, I know it's, it's your time, but here's, you know, here's 50 or a hundred quid. Will you, would you mind doing it? That, you know, they'll, they'll often yeah. bite your arm off. A, uh, if, if they think they're helping you, but B, you know, um, so I, I, I would do that. I would, Sorry. I think if you're a business to business type customer, sorry, if you're a B2B type customer as well with some large customers, I'm just thinking this through that, that approach, um, Robert, I think probably just contacting them and saying, you know, just honestly, I'm looking for more customers. And because 
quite frankly, my business, if I had four more customers just like you, my business would be transformed overnight. Um, that's probably a pretty good thing to tell the, to tell that customer that you really appreciate them and that they're, they're one of their best ones. Everybody wants to be a good customer. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we enjoy working with you. We get, you know, we, we know we give you great value and we can make a big, big impact on your business. And, you know, you're a nice customer to work with as well because you always pay your bills. Yeah, that that's it. And if you, if, that, if you ask for their feedback as well, just say, look, what, yeah. what is it that you really like about us and what, yeah. what could we do better? And all of these types of questions, um, mm. but, uh, you know, put it into a discussion guide and ask, ask people the same questions, but try and keep it informal. Um, you know, ultimately, what when you go and ask um your your best customers this information it reinforces the relationship as well so don't be afraid to go out and do it it means yeah. that you you actually care about what they think um okay. and um you know it's it's really really important we do that i might have a there might be some noise in the background through one of my uh, one of my young children are, <laughs> is, is on the on the cusp of uh, cusp of crying here so um oh, right. if there is all of a sudden an eruption you'll know what it is so, so we, we, we've only got a, a minute or two left, Robert. So, in terms of the, um, so we've we've got some really good, I suppose, a sort of a really good diagnostic check and working out what what that moment of orientation is and how they orientate and making sure it feels like a place they want to be, and then working out what actions we want people to take when they're there um, to to take them on a customer journey, so that we can, you know, engage that a little bit more and that little bit more. Going back to the the um, the, the whole concept of. You know how we how we sell to people, isn't it? So, um, what what what? How do I how do I practically start to to change my website once I've kind of got this insight? Well, what I would do is I would um, I would I would think about your key tasks, and I would um, I would basically uh, literally get a, a piece of A4 paper, uh, uh, get a, a piece of paper out of your printer, and literally list them uh, list them down on your um on that page and then i start thinking about okay well um you know literally get a piece of paper and start mapping out your your end-to-end customer journey literally one one landing page per piece of paper each piece of paper has a list of bullets on it and then you start you start thinking about um you know if you've ranked those those different uh, key tasks then how do they link together? It, you can map that out in a flow chart, if you like, that end-to-end customer mm-hmm. journey. And then once okay. you've understood the infrastructure, then you start thinking about, okay, well, um, I've got all these key tasks that, that need to be completed on this particular page. What, what do those translate to in terms of bits of functionality? So it might be, I need to make a phone call. Okay, I need to have a telephone number on there, don't I? Okay, fine. Okay, uh, step two might be, I want to be able to um, find out more about the product. Okay, we're going to need some product information on, on there, aren't we? So you you know by having your bullets listed out and and understanding your end-to-end customer journey, then that kind of gives you that that helicopter look, if you like, in terms of your content. And then you start um, start just listing out the types of content that you're going to need to do. Then once you've got that, you need to then think about um, you know something called information hierarchy. So the, the most important information on a page always goes at the top of the page. So once you've understood what those most important things are, then uh, think about how you might structure those on the page. So you might think about, okay, well, um, you know, the most important thing is the telephone number. Okay, well, let's get the telephone number um, and move that towards the top. That The most important thing that 
that most people miss on a on a homepage or a landing page is the offer mm. and that's the the thing that i see so many web pages so many digital products or service the thing that people mostly get wrong is the offer so they they tend to have a weak offer and that's that's the the, the biggest most important thing that you could correct on your homepage or your landing page is to have a, a solid offer a clear offer yeah, just um, tell tell me what i'm what i'm going to get and and tell me what it means for me yeah and i presume it's just one offer not the confusing things you shared a website in one of your um one of your newsletters i would love to attach that into the show notes here because it was an astonishingly uh ongrin.net ongrin.net it was hilarious i mean i couldn't you know, you talk about moments of orientation. You need ten minutes of orientation. Yeah, you it was, do. Uh, yeah, it's an it was extreme hilarious. example. Mm. It's, it's an extreme example. So, but yeah, I mean, have a, have a look at um, have a look at that. But but yeah, so um, I mean, if you've understood your offer uh, and you you know, it comes back to customer research again, doesn't it? And um, you know, understanding your your customer and and then everything kind of flows from there. So um, hopefully that was useful. Um, yeah, brilliant, Robert. That's been really good. I know. I know. With so many of these subjects, it's it's touching the uh, sort of tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Really, for uh, for for doing this. But you know, a really good pointers. And if we're starting to haven't starting to try and have that um, thought process about our website, um, then uh, then then I think that's a very useful place to start. And probably if you're using designers or or an agency, then it's probably going to lead to a more meaningful conversation with your provider as well, isn't it? As a business owner, absolutely. Um, so on the subject of providers and agencies robert how, how do we find you well i mean uh, very very simple you can um you can find me on linkedin and um you know i'm robert elding on linkedin or you can have a look if you're um i the what i deal mainly in at the moment is is kind of lead generation um so mm -hmm. if you're interested in in getting more leads for your business you can i have a, an interesting paper lead model so I, I only charge for the leads that i generate and you can have a look at channeld.co.uk so that's my website um and then um you know I've, I've got various other things as well that i do um if it's if it's home pages that you're interested in then um, perhaps in the show notes there'll, there'll be a link that you could um you could go and have a look at as well so hopefully that's helpful I'm uh, I'm always open if you if you want to reach out at any point in time you can always contact me via LinkedIn or uh, um, Robert at channeld.co.uk and I'm always happy to answer some questions from there. Robert, it's been really generous of you uh, to share your wisdom with us today, and uh, hopefully hopefully we can get you on the show again and uh, maybe delve into lead generation because particularly for our B2B customers I know that's always the frustration. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So that is it for another edition of Saturday Strategy. Thank you so much for sticking with us to the end. If you've got any feedback, you can reach me on WhatsApp using 07977 437 360. That's my personal number, so you'll get straight through to me. If you want to contact Robert, you can find his contact details in the show notes and he will help you um, and answer any questions that you've got coming from the show today. So that's it. Thanks again. Until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts.